Hello and welcome to another James Bond podcast. On this podcast, we will be watching and lightheartedly reviewing the Bond films. We're going to discuss the good stuff, the bad stuff, the cool stuff, and the ridiculous stuff. I'm Corey. I'm a James Bond fan. And I'm Danielle, and I'm aware that James Bond is a thing. Welcome to our first installment of The Interrogation Room on another James Bond podcast. Our first guest is going to be David Zeritsky. We figured where he was on the other day, it would be great to have him sort of do a little Q&A with us, and we can get to know him a little bit better. Maybe throw a few questions that are a little outside of the norm his way. I hope you enjoy it. We had fun doing it. So who's your favorite? No, I was kidding. Um. <laughs> who's your favorite Bond? <laughs> That's the only question we have. <laughs> yeah, just talk for a while on that. Okay. Do you want me to just answer the, the cliche <laughs> 10 questions and then we'll call that a day? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so could you talk to us about your earliest Bond experience or Bond memory? Oh, uh, yes, I actually can because <clears throat> I had to ferret it out of my um, brain not too long ago. So it was we were as a family every summer we would go to Atlantic City. New Jersey and we would vacation there that was like the big vacation and um, we went there and it was raining one day so my father decided to take the entire family to a film and I remember as a child just getting there and like watching this film and I just remember sharks just just lots of sharks and um, what we were watching was the spy who loved me okay. so I didn't even know we were watching a Bond film and then afterwards my brother and I went to this little gift shop down the boardwalk, and my father refused our request to buy the Corgi Batmobiles. He said, you're going to buy the, uh, the DB5s. <laughs> and both got DB5s wondering, like, why we're getting this, like, you know, gray car. Yeah. But uh, that was my first Bond connection. Okay. Is your dad young. a Bond fan? He was. He yes, was. he was a big, big Bond fan. So my... Um, it's like a psychiatrist dream. Like he was a very, he was very successful, but very busy businessman. And he didn't really, you know, do the whole ball in the backyard type thing. But whenever there was a Bond movie on, he would always be like, hey, David, let's watch the Bond movie together. So I'm pretty sure what I have going on right now is like some sort of psychological capture, you know, daddy time type thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, the interests of your parents do sometimes become yours as well, right? It's part of yeah. your childhood. It's part of your growing up. So it has a sentimental side to it. Welcome to head shrinking in the Bond community. <laughs> <laughs> Our first guest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so why Bond? What is it exactly about the franchise that draws you in? It wasn't always Bond. I used to be a monster Star Wars fan. Like we're, getting, huge. we're getting to that too. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I won't, do, I won't do it now. But what happened was when I was collecting um, movie memorabilia in my early 30s, um, I started to, there was an opportunity where I could collect a few James Bond props. And I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. I remember as a kid and I really liked it. And all of a sudden I got these props and I'm like, oh, James Bond is so cool. Look at these gadgets. And I was a young executive at the time. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, capable as an individual he knows wines he knows how to fight he knows locations travel the right thing to say he dresses well and here i am this young executive that's trying to grapple onto something yeah. as a template as a pattern because you know you're young and you don't know what to do we didn't have like the steve mcqueens of our age so i started to use bond as this kind of part hobby part template 
for what I wanted to kind of like dress as. And it just obviously, you know, snowballed from there. Is it something that you find still you kind of tie into your work? Oh, 100% more, more now than ever. So every one of my clients knows I'm this huge Bond fan. Um, I've done pitches and presentations that we've won where we, my company goes in there talking about social media and websites and things that a pharmaceutical marketing agency should do. Yeah. And then, you know, usually you get this 52 year old gray haired guy come in and he's like, what the hell does he know? And then you preheat him with, well, here's a little something to show you that we all walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Right. So I do. And I've had clients over to my little museum here. And so it's really, it's, it's cross barriers. Cool. And plus the fact too, that you can say like, Hey, this, like I do my own editing. I do this, you do that. Like it's, you know, you're definitely, you're, you're definitely like a executive Blofeld getting your hands dirty kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's my creative outlet. So, I mean, that's, that's the other reason why I gravitate to bond. I mean, especially, um, in my line of work, but not just my position, but you know, everybody's line of work, it's very stressful. So you have to find these outlets, these escape valves and bond is such a good one because it's pure escapism and it's kind of this guilty pleasure fun, a little naughty at the same time. Yeah. Did you learn how to fight though? (laughs) I did. I took, um, yeah, I got second degree red belt, tongue sudo. I know how to use a blow dart, um, knives, nunchucks, swords. My basement has a little rack of interesting weapons and learned how to shoot. So, Believe it or not. So the nunchucks is is really particularly funny to me because I had commented at one point on your your intro to your to your yeah. YouTube and it's just there's like there used to be I don't I can't remember if there still is but there's like there used to be two different segments with nunchucks and I was like David what's with the nunchucks but it's so it's you actually do know how to use them that's funny I do yeah yeah it's fun okay well uh, in the spirit of it being May the fourth oh Craig apparently having portrayed a stormtrooper uh, in, in the Star Wars in the first of the, the later three. Um, so if Craig was not cast as Bond and he made his way into Star Wars in a more substantial role, what kind of character would you want him to be? A bounty hunter. Okay. Just some sort of, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of rough tumble, almost like Mandalorian type. Yep. You know, kind of uh, quiet, sullen, but you know, knows how to fight and handles himself in a scrap, very much like probably the Bond that he portrays. So somewhere between like Cowboys and Aliens and uh, Bond mixes with a bit of Star Wars. Yeah, like yeah. Boba Fett meets Cowboys and Aliens. Hmm, okay. Did you watch Knives Out? Oh, I loved it, yes. Yeah, because yeah, that's really a very cool. different role for Craig, I thought. Yeah, I thought, and I thought he did fine. I actually don't think he was the best thing in that movie. I thought uh, Anna de Armas was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought she was going to have a tiny little role and she blew me away, you know, um, to use the euphemism. She's not just a pretty face. I mean, I thought she acted immensely well, but I also thought the writing and the twists and not being just another whodunit was the biggest, you know, part of that film. And his foghorn leghorn accent kind of got to me, to be honest. Yeah, but he was that fun. was hard. I, I think us two, we were talking about that and we both really love that movie, but yeah. Like after a while, you kind of forget about the accent, but in the beginning, it's just so much. Yeah. It's like Kentucky Fried Chicken meets James Bond, and you're like, I say, I say, boy, I wonder who did it in the council room with the wrench, boy. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, it's a bit much. No. I, I yeah. actually, I actually acclimatized to it after a bit because it was just such a far cry for him. Like you don't hear Daniel Craig do accents uh, very often, and it was like that's actually 
pretty good. As somebody who likes to goof off and do funny voices and stuff myself, it's just like props to him. Like I, th- I think he did a pretty good job with it. But well, you and I could probably do that accent better than we can do an English accent. That's what it is. <laughs> I used to have a good English accent, but yeah, it's not great. It just sounds like the old ladies from uh, Monty Python now. So <laughs> mine all sound like the uh, the chimney sweeps in uh, Mary Poppins. All of it. <laughs> okay. If you could choose one Bond destination to visit or revisit, where would it be and why? And basically with this question, we're trying to get free travel advice. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, I'm uh, I'm going to have to say, just because it's top of mind, Matera, Italy. Okay. Just because it looks amazing. I mean, there there were other places they filmed No Time to Die. I, I, we love Italy, number one, and, you know, haven't had a bad time there yet. We've been to many, many Bond locations. You know, Siena was beautiful, Cortina. Um, our favorites are probably Austria and Switzerland. Okay. Um, Vienna was beautiful. But if you were to say, pick one, no, I said pick one, <laughs> new one, it would be Matera, Italy. It just looks just unreal, actually. Yeah. So have you, so you haven't been there yet? Not to Matera, no. Okay. We, we had talked about doing like a European vacation kind of thing, and I was like... Let's go to Austria. So, because, <laughs> yeah, it just Austria is beautiful. Even beyond Bond, to me, Austria is absolutely amazing. And then, you know, if, if you're going to go to Austria, you should go to Switzerland too on the same trip. Yeah, we and were, then we could, we could literally give you day by day where to go, and you you will just love it. Bond or no Bond. Okay, well, we might take you up on that, and then also borrow your credit card. So, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's see if we can get on a plane first. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. It might be a while still. Let's say you could participate in one Bond mission. Which one would you choose, and why? That's a good one. I can hear I, the you rusty know what? cogs to... turning. <laughs> What's that? I can hear the rusty cogs turning. <laughs> so I'm going to say the uh, pre-title sequence of Tomorrow Never Dies. Just because it looks so much fun. You've got everything. You've got hand-to-hand combat. You've got machine guns. You've got a badass outfit. Of course, I have to put that in there. (laughs) Um, You've got, you know, airplanes. You've got missiles. You've got blowing up things. You've got quippy lines. You've got being choked and then somebody going through a roof. I mean, it's kind of got everything. And then it dissolves into, you know, naked mirror women. So I think that's all I look for in every mission. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your favorite Q gadget? Yes. Um, boy, same movie. So it is the um, Ericsson phone from Tomorrow Never Dies, the remote control BMW phone oh, yeah. that he drives the uh, BMW with. Okay. Uh, and I love it. And I actually had the screen used version of it. And just at a time when I think we were trying to get a house or something, I sold it amongst other things. And it's like, it's my only regret in getting rid of like some of my collection. Uh, I just loved it. It was just, again, it was like this little executive tool that comes to life and it was before, you know, smartphones and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's my favorite one. Coincidentally, I had the, uh, I think it's like the K, the Sony Ericsson, what, like K8, hmm. K800 from Casino? Yeah, the K800i or whatever. Yeah, that, that actually, um, I, I bought it used. It wasn't a Bond thing. I just bought it used because a friend of mine had it and, my, and I dropped my phone like the day before and that actually had probably one of the best digital cameras I've ever used and it was like wow. a 2.5 megapixel and I, I'm i blown away. I still, every once in a while, I'll still see photos from that camera. I'm like, God damn it, that was good. The kind of flip phone? 
Yeah, it literally had um, it had a little shutter. It even had a little shutter oh, over wow. over the yeah. lens. You just flicked it down, and it had really great zoom and flash. And it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely blown away by it. It's probably here somewhere. Scott only knows. That's good. It's a replica prop. <laughs> exactly. If you had the chance to fix one moment in a Bond film, what would it be and why? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I actually, when I wrote that, I thought of that when I wrote the question. Yeah, it's that. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've actually posted an edit of someone that did the Bond theme instead of that, and it is so much more satisfying. Because it, it's a it's a really cool stunt. It's a very big Bond moment. Like and it would have taken out, like, the sheriff's ass, you know, going over the seat and stuff like that. But, yeah, I would fix that moment in the Bond lore. Yeah, Either that I mean, or the ending of Spectre, but that's just a big one. <laughs> Speaking of... It, that, whenever I watch that, especially where he's in white, uh, white and black, and then uh, nobody else can hit him, it puts me in the mind that he's dressed like a stormtrooper somehow, but yet he's the one oh. hitting all the targets. But anyways, I always think of that because not one other person can can even come remotely close to hitting him. And he just, one shot, picks everybody off. Uh, I know. There's no like, jeopardy. It's just no, you don't feel anything. It's just too easy. And especially after having all the holes drilled in his head. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. He should have whistled. He should have, like, hit a wind current <laughs> across his head and you hear, like, See, that's where they could have put the slide whistle, right there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, I want to play a little game for a minute. Yes, please. You know the game we, well, I think we all used to play at some point. We're going to call this one Mary Make Sweet Love To or Kill. So you pick one person for each category. Oh, yeah, that middle, that middle one is not what we called it, but okay. No, this is the more PG version of it. For, for okay. ex- explicit warning on our podcast. So I didn't, I didn't put anyone. I didn't give you three people. You can just pick who you would pick for those three categories. Do you mean out of the Bond people? Yeah. Yeah, no, not you real world. Even, you can even pick Daniel. <laughs> you can even pick Daniel if you want. That's, uh, that's so funny. Um, so, and it can't be the same person, obviously. No, I, I know the game. That, that would All be right, weird. So I'm going to say. Although it would be very uh, Bond of you. Yeah, that would your, be. You can kill your Mary choice. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to... You know what? I'm going to kill Rosa Klebb. Does that count as like... Or do I have to choose a Bond girl? No, you can choose whoever you want. <laughs> you can choose whoever you want. All right, so I'll kill Rosa Klebb. She's just so irritating. And those glasses, those giant Coke glasses. Oh, yeah, right. Sexy as hell. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I'm going to marry Vesper. And this sweet... What was it again? Make sweet love to you. Yes. Um, I will choose uh, Severine. Why Severine? Really? You to <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm dying to hear this one. It's just something about her. It's it's her, it's her, she's got this alluring way. She moves almost like, like serpentile, like the That's movements yeah. of her That's arms true. and everything. Yeah. And I just, I actually find her like very um, captivating, quite frankly. Yeah. I would be nervous as hell. Um, but yeah, okay. that. Okay, so Severine was in that movie we went to see yes. in that place that wasn't home. Skyfall in Toronto, yes. Right. She yeah. was the uh, sex worker. But that's not why, guys. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I was just really hoping you were going to go there. <laughs> just yeah. based on her level of experience. I yeah, no, I, but, but yeah, just the, the intrigue no, and that's, the that's, physicality, that's to be true, honest. That's yeah. she, she has this, uh, she has this like, liquid movement thing going on. Uh, she does. Yeah. She does. She's, she's very, yeah, exotically feminine. I don't know other way to put it. And 
I mean, from Bond women, you've got tons and tons of choices. I mean, picking so someone, many. there could be so many to pick. Actually, I, <laughs> I was going to change my kill, but I won't. I'll keep it Rosa Club. <laughs> I was going to say Stacey Sutton just because of the yeah. yeah. Okay, but I get that. And, you know, because it's uh, it's been a long time since I've, I've watched it. And after revisiting it, I'm like, he says Stacy just as much as she yells James. Like, really? You really need to go back and watch it. He yells her name an awful lot, too. So I'm like, but Roger it's not... Moore's voice is, is silky smooth like his arms, as opposed <laughs> to her voice, which is just like fingers on a chalkboard. Yeah, it's I, I'll give you that. It's definitely not uh, it, it's definitely not as nice uh, being bellowed by her as it is Roger, which is interesting to say. Even uh, seriously, yeah. if you heard somebody in the middle of the night say James <laughs> in the dark room, you would throw a dumbbell wherever that noise was coming from, <laughs> and hope it split her head open. The worst part is I'm thinking this, I'm like, I'd rather hear Roger yell <laughs> in the middle of the night in my bedroom. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we're on the same page. But, but just in, in terms of quantity, not quality, I guess there's, there's just as much Stacy being yelled by Roger as That is good is. to know. Yeah. You need to do a soundboard. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what if you're going to pick, uh, what if you're going to go classic on that one, other than The Kill? Oh, um... Uh, I would, interesting, um, I would say Mary Domino. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. And, um, oh boy. You know something? I'm going to say sweet, sweet love to, um, Honey Rider. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, she's going to smell amazing. She's going to smell amazing. <laughs> she's in the ocean and the sea beach all day like long. Like coconut and sand. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And a bit of <laughs> and a bit of barbecue from coral. I was gonna say coral, but you know what? I'm so glad you did that. That was Corey, everyone. <laughs> and then kill classic. Um, can I? Can I? Can I kill you can still again? go with Rosa. Rosa Club if you want. Still classic. Those are my choice. Okay. <laughs> I, I like those questions, guys. These are very. See now, these are different. These aren't cliche. They're very creative. Well, we tried. We were thinking about it at work. Instead <laughs> of working. Um, yeah. Hey, it's pandemic. Yeah, it's, everything goes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Tracy. Like if you were to marry Tracy, you'd, you'd be really busy because she was really dramatic. I think uh, she wasn't that dramatic. I don't think. I feel like they just made her out to be super dramatic. Yeah. I just feel like Tracy gets bored easily, and I just can't keep up with that. Yeah, like every day's got to be flowers and chocolate, and <laughs> you know, samba samba dancing. You know, just no figure skating. No. <laughs> Like rooftop ski jumping. Well, I think the thing Poetry. about her too is she <laughs> yeah, really. she was exciting and she like she was pretty much the same level of skill as Bond as well. Like it would be very demanding to like keep up with that. It would be really hard. Yeah. No. 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 Thank you. You wouldn't feel any pangs of guilt and have to marry Solitaire for putting her out of work or anything. <laughs> um, I would feel a pang of guilt, but I don't know if I would commit because of that. <laughs> Like Guilt has a way of eroding over time. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Okay. If there was no bond, what do you think you would turn your interest and, oh, and, and energy towards? I already know. Heroin. Absolutely. <laughs> would you go crawling back to Star Wars? Would, would Star Wars take you back? <laughs> no, Star Wars would not take me back. Only because I know too much about Star Wars fandom being so divisive. Oh. Not great. I mean, just vicious, vicious, vicious. Yeah. But um, it's it's pretty gross, yeah. Like it's, I'm I'm a big Star Wars fan too, but like it's, it, I do not approach it from that level yeah. of intent. I don't approach Bond at that level of intensity either. But um, it's yeah, Star I Wars, almost 
I almost feel like if if I was gravitating back to some sort of genre, it would be some aspect that still dealt with like sartorial and you know products and things like that. It might be it might be even like going older. Like maybe I'd collect stuff from Steve McQueen movies, you know, Thomas Crown Affair, those types of things. You know, I'd probably gravitate back to that aspect or okay. possibly from an action genre, Mission Impossible films. I could see that because of the spy genre. Yeah. yeah. But would you have Mission Impossible if there was no Bond? Uh, maybe not. That's a very that's a philosophical tree falling in the forest question. Yeah. How did you get into uh, collecting and the clothing and the memorabilia? That was the the question you would pose. So I'll I'll reframe it a little bit differently than because you're you're right, Danielle. I I talked about the whole ex- young executive well, like, thing. Like what was like what would be a, a few couple of, like large items? Like I know you got like the Goldfinger suit, for instance, was was like a, a really yeah. I, well, I think what happened was you know at first it was just getting a few pieces. And when I say it's snowballed, basically, and even today, my passion are the the clothing, accessories, products, and marketing things because I love marketing and products and brands and things like that. I love I love the storylines. I love you know the fact that Bond and thus somebody in my part of the hobby, you kind of have to be in shape. You've got to work out. You've got to think about you know the way things fit. There's a little pomp and circumstance that I think. We've 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 lost out in 2020 mm-hmm. and, and maybe even earlier. Hmm. You know, there's a certain amount with like shaving, you know, and things like that. That it, it it makes you kind of you know for some people that shave <laughs> take your time. So you know when I collect something like some of the bigger things have been um, like the Armani jacket, which is screen used from Casino Royale. Yeah. You know, my excitement around that is not just the sartorial aspect, but I'm actually capturing a, a moment, an impact moment in a story. And that story happens to be on film. So it's it's almost like collecting a piece of art for me when I collect those types of things. And I think, you know, the Bond experience as a channel has, has kind of gravitated to doing reviews and things like that because I know that there are a lot of people out there that are asking themselves, hey, should I get that? Should I not get that? You know, I've got $25 to spend. How do I spend it? You know, do I want that? I don't know how that's going to fit. And so I put my questions that I used to have as a young person kind of into that whole experience of doing that. And people seem to, whether it's for entertainment or education, they they seem to connect with it. What's your favorite collector's item that you own? My favorite? I would say it's probably not going to be what you think. I'm really not thinking anything, so you can say whatever you want. But but Corey. Yeah, but at the same time, like... You've got a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> I do have a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But but my favorite is not necessarily like the most expensive or the more famous thing. Yeah. So I have a Skyfall shaving kit that was put together for my 50th birthday by two of my best friends, and uh, Simon and Jonathan. And the two of them, I'm not exaggerating, spent six to eight months curating each piece, um, getting pictures from prop people that worked on the film um, going walking up and down high street in london and then literally they flew over then surprised me and delivered this incredible Mm -hmm. piece and so it's less about the item and much more about the fact that they took all that time and said you know you're not such a schmuck after all we like you we're going to get you a kick-ass gift and they did it just it blows me away so that's probably my favorite piece yeah and is there anything that you did that make you cry what's that did that make you cry? No. Oh, I thought you were welling up. No. 
I'm good. Oh, damn. It is sweet, <laughs> though. Yeah, I don't, think, right. I don't think anybody in our lives like us that much to do something. I, I don't think we well, like each other that much. But you guys are still relatively new, you'll see. Yeah. Um, is there ever a piece that you acquired that you kind of regretted getting? Yes, uh, several, actually, because huh, I, I've gotten pieces that were the wrong items. Yeah. Um, I bought pieces that I thought were screen used that weren't. So, yeah, there, there's, there's actually more than a few and it's just unfortunately it is the occupational hazard in this part of collecting when you collect as much as some of the collectors do you're going to hit some clunkers every now and then some of my favorite pieces that I, I'll, I'll never regret are ones that are actually made by individual fans yeah. that are just replica artists that put some things together those i never have regret with but i've i've, I've been sold some turkeys yeah and what would you recommend, like if someone was getting into the Bond franchise, the Bond world, and were wanting to start their own collection, do you have any recommendations for someone that's new to that? Yes. Um, number one, I would say uh, live within your means, yeah. for sure, because you can get, there are so many great people out there that talk about frugal Bond, what, um, <laughs> and things like that. So nobody but nobody is going to peel your collar back and go, that's not the correct thing. Only you will in your head. So live within your means. But the second thing I would say is also focus. You know, don't try to collect everything that's out there. You know, say, you know what, I'm going to be the polo guy. And I'm going to collect, you know, all the different versions of, you know, Daniel Craig's polos, you know, that he wears or something like that. Then, you know what, when you get to that goal, you can expand out and be the Daniel Craig Chino guy. You know, I don't know. I'm <laughs> riffing here. But, yeah. but I mean, focus and really have a plan because I think I, what I've seen happen, and here's the dilemma, is that people get too bombastic or worse. They take a large established collection like mine or somebody else's and they go, okay, that's my goal. Well, no, that shouldn't be your goal because that wasn't my goal. I wanted to collect each item that had a story and meaning to me. So if I walk down into my lair right now, I could literally go around and tell a story of acquisition or people that I connected with or, or what it meant to me in the movie from a sentimental standpoint. I can't just get something because, oh, that's the shoelace. Yeah. Okay, it's the shoelace. Yeah. Well, you tap on that a bit when you talk about, like, on, on from the clothing aspect, too. Like, you had said, like, you buy clothing, and you're like, I don't really feel like I would wear this. So, which is interesting. So, like, if you are, if somebody out there, uh, not me, uh, is going to start, like, a big Bond collection, like, yeah, you should probably collect that you would gravitate towards and, and things that would mean something to you, not just like, oh, I'm going to get, like, a big collection because this is what... David has, or this is my template for it. You should really have your own approach to it, I would think. Exactly. So. Do do you? You know, I mean, I yeah. hate to be like that, but that's that's really what you got to do. I mean, you you know, there are, there are a lot of people, unfortunately, that will start emulating, and the best, most individual thing. I mean, we're all vamping off of a, a fictional character, so you know, we all have that kind of birthmark on us. But beyond that, do you? Absolutely. Yeah, like I didn't go out and buy blue short shorts, swim shorts. <laughs> so I'm like, to my utter dismay and regret. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> you don't count. It's, it's a seasonal purchase. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Happen. But yeah, there's just you know, like so in terms of the budget bond thing, like there's you know most of it's modern and most of it's Craig based. But like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and buy like a a three piece you know Glen Check Goldfinger suit because I just I just can't see me wearing it. You know. So things yeah. like things like that, like I so for me, I get the things that 
I would wear it. And people have asked me through direct message, like, hey, do you know where I could get, like, you know, a, a good copy of George Lazenby's uh, brown zip-up uh, jumper? And I'm like, no, because... I don't care <laughs> because I would never wear yeah. that. So yeah, it just I hadn't like any research or any posts I do for my own thing are things I'm interested in. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say something wear. that I I've actually never said out loud. Seriously, this is like the first time. I think there should be for every one person that talks about a, a Tom Ford tuxedo, there should be three or four people that are talking about alternative versions of that or frugal yeah. versions of yeah. that because you know that's that's actually how our community is yeah you know not not everybody is tom ford you know yeah. and most people and that's can't totally afford that correct yeah. so so let's be commiserate to that and you know I, I i know this is not what this is about but you know i love Corey that you're you know you're doing the frugal bond thing and really looking into that and looking to expand that because i actually don't think there's enough of that out there and people are craving it well, it's interesting because I was actually thinking of sort of stepping away from that because we do have uh, the actual Frugal Bond account and we have Kristen Morales who's doing this, the really great uh, thrifting for well, he's Bond. doing thrifting. Yeah. Like and- what you can find at a thrift shop. You're more like, so So there used to be, um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. There still is, of course, John from Iconic Alternatives yeah. who, who runs site. a great thing. Really great But site. he doesn't he doesn't do podcasts and videos and things like that. Yeah. And he doesn't do Instagram really, so it's you know there there is an open gap. Yeah. Do you guys? But ever, you do. Does anyone in the community ever do like a? This is the actual suit. This is. A, can you tell the difference between like the alternative I used version? To, well, versus, yeah, like David does did, a yeah. little bit. Like you had the the mango jacket, uh, for instance. That uh, yeah. You know, you did and I've nice, done the did, Spectre polo. Yeah. I, I've got at least a dozen or more of those, and uh, I, I probably have done less. Uh, for sure in the last couple of years, but used to do them quite a bit. Yeah. I always find those looks interesting because I know in women's magazines, you see that a lot. Like this is a yes. piece you'll never be able to afford, but like try these and like they show them side by side. And it's really interesting to see that sometimes you really either can't see the difference or the actual piece that's less money is actually nice, like more wearable. Yes. Agreed. Well, the Iconic Alternatives website is, is really great for that. Like, yeah. he does put up a lot of, like, this is similar things. This is, look at a similar fit. This is on sale right now. And the, he, it's very up-to-date. So you have, a, like, a mini-museum, essentially, in your house for your memorabilia. Yes. Yeah. Do, you, do yeah, you charge yeah. admission? Yes. 150 bucks. 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. See, Corey knows. I feel like you guys uh, No, Of course not. But I mean, I have, so it's great. My favorite moments um, is not being a miser and just sitting down there and going, it's, it's when I have parties and I have my friends over and, you know, people I think really ask the question of like, why is David keep having the same people at his events in New York City and, and over his house? And I'm like, um, cause they're my friends and I want to hang out with them. It's like, come on guys. But but truly, that that's really what it is. And so the quote unquote museum gets a lot of activity because we're always like throwing some sort of shindig over here. And asking for a friend, um, if someone was in the area and wanted to visit, like just a fan, let's say, would you say, yeah, come on over and come and see? Yes. And you two, not only that, you guys would be invited to stay in one of our guest rooms for sure. And we, we have kind of quasi-bond themed guest rooms. 
I kid you not. Hilarious. They're they're not Bond themed, but you if you if you squeeze your eyes really hard, like one of them is a Japanese themed mm-hmm. guest room. One of them is a Nordic uh, themed guest room. That one of them that is a, a small, that one's each. A, that one the a Nordic one is a small ice hotel in his house. <laughs> it's amazing. It's got like fur blankets and stuff like that. Actually, it actually has a tree in it. Walking aside, um, but yeah. So I mean, you you guys would not only view it, but you can definitely stay over and we'll have a party around it. So my rule is you can touch everything. And people are like, <laughs> well, I can't pick this up. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Like, but that freaks them out because yeah. they're like, wait, this is that from that film? It's it's pretty, but it's fun because then they take a picture with it and make some memory. It's a little bit more impactful than me just going like, that's behind glass. Yeah. <laughs> and on the shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like well, I think that says a lot about you, too, because, I mean, being newer to the Bond community and me being pretty much clueless to all of it from the get-go, I mean, I'm learning as I go, but it really wasn't something that I was into before we started this podcast, I felt nothing but welcome, and I think, like, you coming on to our podcast and talking about things was really helpful to that, like, it, I, I mean, we did worry about how what we did was going to be received because we are making light of something people are very serious about. <laughs> this, this isn't another Star Wars podcast. It'd <laughs> be so bad. Oh, they, you guys would be throttled. People would probably <laughs> fly their t- probably taking the Mickey out of it. People would probably fly their actual working Tie Fighter over our house <laughs> and, <laughs> and torpedo it. Like, oh, fuck Photon it. bombs. Yeah, but well, I that's have nice. to say, that's like, nice to hear. I have to say, the community, like, we get nice comments about our podcast, and sometimes we record stuff where there's just like something that we're wondering if we should cut out or not, and we leave it in, and we're always waiting for the shoe to drop where someone is going to yeah. get mad or frustrated or just like take it out of us, and I have to say like i may be jinxing us but the community's been so supportive and kind yeah. you don't find That's that that true. much anymore and no you nice. don't and it's one of the reasons why i really do enjoy this community i mean you know i'll, I'll say this 90 i would say 98 percent of the community are amazing they just have good hearts and even even the persnickety ones and the ones that you know get a little you know curmudgeony they, they've got good hearts and yeah. good places they you know sometimes things change and change is difficult and but I think they're all good, good people. Uh, it's interesting. The Bond community, how good they are, still surprises veterans. Like, I'll give you a quick story. Joe Darlington, being James Bond, um, he just did Quantum of Solace review. And he even said to me, he's like, I, I'm, I'm nervous about posting this one thing. He said, I, I compare the opening theme, um, Another Way to Die, to the Jefferson theme. Oh, I'm moving on up. <laughs> Another way to die. Yeah, you know? I remember that, yeah. And, and he said, I, I could really get riddled for this. And I said, who cares? I, I think it's okay. And, and people loved it. Of course they did. Yeah. yeah. But you say who cares, but there's a lot of situations where you hear about people coming after people for just the slightest <laughs> misstep well, <laughs> or something that isn't even a misstep, but like. Well, oh, yeah. Joe's familiar with that too. And, and I thought he handled it like a champ. Uh, he has his opinion. He's more than entitled to it. He's just a podcaster, and people gave him shit for um, being frustrated. Was that a particular Billie Eilish uh, comment? No, or? just I think him being frustrated at the delays with no time to die. Oh, uh, and he, he, insensitivity. Yeah, I think he felt like he got hit pretty hard, and, and it's like, well, he's entitled to his opinion. And at the end of the day, he had said, I'm entitled to my opinion. Uh, and, you know, like, it, sometimes it takes all of us to, a bit more time to get the bigger picture, that's all. But, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure everybody that uh, had something negative to say probably still listens to his podcast. Uh, 
you know, and, and are still fans and didn't write him off as a human being, I'm sure he's fine. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. True. We haven't had anybody attack us yet, so that's uh, that's good. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Um, oh, I cannot remember the Yay. gentleman's... I can't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, uh, he's uh, double seven zero on Instagram. Anyways, he, he, he commented, he messaged me from the gym one night. He's like, I fucking hate you guys because you're, you're cutting down my films. He's like, but it's so funny and so true. And you're just making me see it in a way that I've never seen. He's like, I love you, but I hate you at the same time. And I was like, perfect. Like, that's exactly... Well, we didn't have an agenda. We weren't really worried what we were... We didn't have a plan. Like, we weren't set out to do anything. We were just having these right. really ludicrous conversations privately and we're like hey maybe this would work as a podcast um, maybe people would find it entertaining and they do yeah and it's it's funny too because you do get a lot of that when you put yourself out there publicly in the bond community where people will say man how can you say that about view to a kill and then on the other side of the comment they'll say a joke like you know yeah, yeah. Right, right i mean you know you've seen even like peter brooker you know do some funny posts about you know my dislike for a view to a kill and I guess, you know, it's called taking the mickey out of each other. We well, just like, all have fun. It's like ribbing, you know, brothers and sisters. You know, yeah. we all just kind of poke each other. Well, well you can love something and make fun of it. Sure. Again, like brothers and sisters. Husbands and wives. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, um, uh, significant others and significant others. You do realize <laughs> that um, everybody thinks you're married. Us? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. We're not. So I think we need to have a destination wedding. <laughs> I like how you're like, we. <laughs> Where are we going? No, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of assuming I'm going to be invited. I assume I'm one of your better friends. So, like, you know, why don't... No, we could go to Switzerland. We could go to Pitt's Glory and do it at the top. Is there any question that you'd like us to ask you? Something you feel like you need to talk about or get off your chest? No. <laughs> but I really did think. Um, I don't think so. I think you guys did a... I mean, honestly, they were really fun questions. Yeah, this this was refreshing. Yeah. Thank you. Personal. Thank you. But at the same time, like you, like we just had to leave the Q gadget thing in because obviously her obsession with Q and the so fact that there's a Q. there's a really good chance you actually which have. One? I'm just obsessed with Q, not his gadgets. I just love him. No, which which Q? Just Q. So oh. so you do you feel just this, the persona of who Q is and the interaction he has with Bond? Do you feel the same affection for Ben Wishaw as Q? I do. Oh, that's nice. I just love every moment of Q. Okay. Wow. Well, wait do you me. do you connect most with the Q character yourself? Yes. He's serious about his work. He doesn't want any bullshit. He just wants to get things done. And I do connect with that a lot. My gosh, I'm the polar opposite of that. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense as to why I'm even in the same room then. Because I'm like, yeah, no. No, it's perfect. I'd be like you switches are, and everything. I'd you're, be the, you're the Bond. Yeah. And she's the Q. I would be like, back away from fiction. the switches. Stand four feet back. Don't touch them. Yeah. That would be me. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps this up, I think. Yeah. Great. I think so, yeah. Thanks right. so much for doing this. You're welcome. Now we got to think of a name, or you got to think of a name, and we've got a couple days. It's got to be. It's got to be intriguing. You did kind of like it was. If it, it felt a little psychiatry couchy, which I liked. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of had to explore myself, exploring the Bond community. All right, gang. Cool. Well, well thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. again. Appreciate this it. This was fun. Yeah. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Later. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Another James Bond Podcast, 
And you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com.